Welcome to March to the pod presented by Eternal Roofing. We are your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. In this episode, we have titled it, Is This the Week the Cats Finally Get a Win? We're going to dive into what Casey Keeler had to say in his press conference following a get better week. We're going to give you a preview of Houston and finish with our picks against the spread and the total. I am your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. That's one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E, and then the word sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU. That's one word also on Twitter and Instagram. He's also the chief operating officer of the Cat Fund and a proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrells. Ben, first, I think we need to start uh, with an injury update on you. How are we? We're going to have to do this until we're completely healed, my man. Yeah, we'll probably have a couple more weeks, but definitely trending in the right direction. That's for sure. The elbow, it's uh, it's getting better. Wouldn't say it's 100%, maybe not close to it, but I think maybe a month out we'll be looking at 100%. But we're making progress. I think it got better this week, and hopefully just like the Cats got better. I can tell you're feeling better. Yeah. You're a little perkier this week. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's nice not to have a shooting and throbbing pain in your elbow for 24 hours a day. It's it's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, well, we hope that uh, a lot of people had a chance to heal some broken bones. Like you said, it was uh, Sam Houston's bye week, and – uh I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've been around Sam Houston Bearcat football for any length of time. You've probably heard it before, the get better week. It's not a bye week. It's a get better week. And, and you know, Ben, we were talking before this. I think it's important we talk about it now, too, as to why he messages it that way. Yeah, and it's funny. I You said that not a lot of coaches call it that, or maybe not any of them do. I've just heard it for so long now that it's become second nature. But yeah, it's it's really important to get better this week, uh, get healthy, um, get better on the offensive side of the ball, continue to do what you're doing on the defensive side of the ball. And um, I think the bye week get or the get better week, as they call it, came at a good time with um, Jacksonville State on a, on a quick turnaround on Thursday night. So it's going to be interesting to see what we look like on Saturday against Houston. I feel like myself and, and and Keeler have something in common in that we both are big into psychology and how things are worded. And, and I, what got me started on this when it comes to sports was Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys way back in the day. He was very positive. He he wouldn't – they didn't turn the ball over. He said, why do you tell people don't fumble? The word that sticks in their head is fumble, right? Mm-hmm. That's a negative thing. You want to put in there – take care of the ball then what sticks is take care of the ball it's that kind of stuff and that's why he uses get better as opposed to buy because if you've got people you're at work and they tell you okay we gotta get better this week that's your mentality if you hear a bye week i don't know about you ben but i'm taking the day off yeah and then like you said keeler I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but Keeler's like a master strategist, and this really just plays into it. And I never thought about it that way. Um, a, a get better week sounds like you got a lot more to do than a bye week. A bye week sounds like you just go take a nap and take a week off and then come back the next week. But a get better week, there's week, there's work to get done and there's room to improve, that's for sure. And you know what? That is perfect to take us into eternal roofing uh, because we are – 
presented by Eternal Roofing. We are proud to be partnered with Eternal Roofing. And it, I, I feel like much the same as the Bearcats, Taylor runs his business with a get better mentality as to every single day they try to get better. Exactly. And that's what you want in your contracting choice. And Eternal Roofing is the place to go for roofing, siding, garage doors, general contracting, you name it. They can do it. Hill, Houston, Hill Country, and in between, they're your place to go. They are. And I do have one question before we give out all the contact information here. Did you get a dis- did, was Did he contact you with a discount last week? N- not me. No. <laughs> I, I didn't know. General contracting, elbows. It could yeah. be somewhat the I same. I had a feeling that's where it was going. Yeah, no. I think we said last week we don't want to do any false advertising. They don't do orthopedic <laughs> surgery. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll stick to the contracting. <laughs> Your elbow is not general contracting? As far as I know, it's not. I hope it's not. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be a whole different thing to tackle. Well, if you need roofing or any sort of actual general contact contracting contact taylor at eternal roofing tx.com that's taylor at eternal roofing tx.com if you're in the montgomery area 936-215-8539 in the hill country 830-251-5673 give them a call and uh i'm gonna awkwardly get that one away from ben there real quick after after setting him up there with the <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to have gotten a discount? Did I miss something? Am I out of the loop? Did I do something wrong? You had me worried. <laughs> uh, no, Ben, it's just my brain is uh, it's on a different planet some days than others. <laughs> we are that's, a podcast. That, that's all right. No problem. <laughs> We're a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on various social media platforms including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at March to the pod. It's all one word. It's the word March, the number two, the pod. And we always like to give a kind hello to those of you watching on the YouTube page. We appreciate you. You can find us on the Dave Campbell's uh, YouTube page since we are a, a member of the Republic of Football Network. It's a great partnership we have there. Ben, we had a we had a get better week. And we did. By golly, we hope that offense is better. At least a little bit. <laughs> I want to get into what Coach Keeler talked about here in his press conference. He he was talking about the offense and how you got to do something well. You know, that's kind of what we were talking about last week. Uh, you're either going to have to to run block or pass block. You got to do something well. It's about a minute long clip. Let's take a listen to what he said. Um, you know, I thought last game you know protection wise was a little bit surprising because we protected so well against BYU I mean we got to hang our hat somewhere either we got to be able to protect well or we got to be able to run the football we haven't been able to run the football and I don't think it's scheme I don't think it's I just think we've been going to get some really good people play a lot of man coverage and uh, getting that extra guy in the box um so you know I mean we just kind of we didn't scrap the plan we just have, you know, looked at some other ways to get the ball to our our guys in in space. And so that's been kind of like the theme is, you know, how can we kind of expand the offense a little bit? Um, and again, like I said, I, I think we have enough talent, you know, to to get points on the board. But we've played probably two of the best defenses we've played since I've been here. I mean, they they were really pretty impressive. 
And I think if you look at them nationally, you know, one's ranked number one in the country, another one's in the top 35 or so in the country defensively or so. Um, so again, I think it's been a product of us playing some really good defenses and, uh, you know, us just, us, us, us just not making enough plays. Ben, that you, you, when I, I sent that clip to you before the show, you said it was a good summary of the entire press conference. Yeah. And really, I think the offense was the big talking point and a lot of the focus and rightfully so that's what people want to talk about because the defense is doing their job and a couple of things that stick out, like you talked about, you got to hang your hat on something. Um, you got to be able to pass block and throw the ball or you've got to be able to establish the run um, and try to do it that way. And so far, it really looks like we've tried to establish the run through two weeks and it hasn't worked. Um, I, I mean, we, we, we've got to try to air it out from what it looks like. I, I think I said that last week. We did look well in pass block in week one, and Keeler talked about that in the presser, how it didn't hold up in week two. Um, but yeah, for, through two weeks, the run game's not working. I don't know how much longer you can give it. So uh, yeah, you got to hang your hat on something. I think you got to try to throw the ball, but it's going to be interesting to see w- what they do. Well, it is, and that tells me to, that I'm looking for probably – 85 15 split pass to run you know because you you can still run the ball occasionally even if your team doesn't do that well you just have to surprise them with a run but if you're throwing you know if 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 when your little short quick passes to the outside that you get the ball out there you have some sort of a play action to get in there uh it, when you when you see them start to relax on the ball carrier that's the time that they can hit it and maybe get the run game going a little bit too. Right. And I think there's ways you can use your running backs, even in the passing game, um, because they are good weapons. I mean, Zach Robacek and John Gentry, and there's other ways to run the football. I mean, there's a lot of sweeps you can do screens that can kind of supplement the run game. Um, but yeah, I would really like to see us uh, try to air it out a little more. And one other thing he talked about is trying to get the ball to playmakers in space. I think that's been a really big thing. That's been a concern and a reason why the offense hasn't done very well is Every time Ife Adeyi catches the ball, he's bottled up. Same with Noah Smith. And you're not giving them opportunities to get up the field and create separation. And so it'll be interesting to see how they utilize those two guys also going forward. Ben, I can't believe you're making me say this. I can't believe you're doing this to me, man. (laughs) He needs to probably watch a little bit of Mike McCarthy's offense yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> oh goodness there's uh, always one cowboys reference isn't there uh well unfortunately well i mean i i am at their games i do cover their home games i'm not at the road games, so i mean yes they, i do have some experience around the team and and some watching but what i what i mean by that is mccarthy is really good at getting the playmakers the ball and so was kellen moore kellen moore was good about finding if you want creative ways to do it you gotta you gotta make them Right, your offensive line pass blocks better than they run block. Well, you've got a, a running back beside you in a shotgun. He swings around behind you. You throw a a, a pass that you you want to make it forward. So if he drops it, it's incomplete. Right, like those are the little things that go with it. You throw it forward. In the meantime, you do your guard center tackle. You're all pulling out and you're setting up a kind of a rolling screen. Or if you're running the ball, you're setting up a sweep. Mm-hmm. right like those things like that are things that you can you can implement in there and then they're gonna have to move a day and noah smith and these guys around you if you put them in one spot 
The defense knows they can get there. You're going to have to – you might have to use your offensive line and that protection they provide to help disguise them as they go out into the route as well. Right, yeah. I mean, something's got to change when it comes to getting those guys the ball. And another thing Keeler said is they're not really reinventing the wheel. They're just using the same thing to figure out how the, how they can get those guys in space and get them the ball more. So it's going to be really interesting how they use those two guys because they are your top two weapons, not having Quavez Humphreys um, for probably at least another couple of weeks. And so I almost think the, the offensive line is probably the most important, but right up there is figuring out how to get those guys the ball to where they can operate in space and make things happen. Okay, so we're giving you guys some things to look for this week uh, based off of that press conference. This is I feel like this is next-level stuff we're doing right now, Ben. We're going to yeah. have the fans watching. If you're listening to this podcast, this is what you watch for from the offense, what we want to see from the offense this week. We don't want to see a running game. We want to see a short, quick passing game. Get the ball out the hands. Three steps Fire, one step, fire, swing them out, get creative. I want some creativity as to how we get guys behind some blockers, some tunnel screens, things of that nature. That's got to be your running game. If that's what your team does well is pass protect, then that has to be your running game. So that's what we want to see this week from the offense. So we're looking at, I'd be okay with 80-20, but I want 85-15 to 90-10 pass run uh, this week. And and I think that's that's going to be what I'm looking for. Yeah, and, and if we can pass protect well, if we can do it the way we did against BYU, which I think we can against this defense, I think we can start to take some deep shots. I mean, I love what you're talking about, and I think it's going to work a lot. But Ife Day, I mean, he was one of the fastest guys in Texas, might be the co- fastest guy in college football. Um, I think he ran like a 10-1 or a 10-2 in the 100-meter dash. So if we're holding up and you can give whoever the quarterback is a couple seconds, um, yeah, I mean, it, you could just chuck it up there and, and try to get it to him because he's going to be able to outrun guys. So um, that's, that's another idea. thing. Yeah, maybe later on in the game, that's something you can look at. You know, I I'm a, I, I do a lot of asking, like, why not? Right? Like, I always hear the, well, we do this, we do that. And then I think, but why not do this? So – the, the short passing game's got to be your run game. Right. And, and your run game sets up a play-action game, right? So allow your short passing game to set up a play-action game. It's the same concept. So yeah. you have a Dehi on the outside, maybe Smith in. You can set this up and run different plays out of that formation however you want to do it. But then you're going to fake a quick one that you've been hitting them with two, three, four times. Right. You want to you want to build up to where they're looking. And as soon as you see them start to cheat, when you see them start to cheat in on that, that's when you want to call that one where they pull the ball and you hit a day deep. You're going to look for those safeties to cheat in. Eventually, it's going to happen. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, if you're if you're holding up in the past pro, um, if things are working underneath, um, I think it's time to take a shot. But um, you got to establish um, that's kind of screen game, getting those guys open kind of underneath and then see if you can go from there. So it'll be interesting. I think it's a really big week for the offense. If you can turn a corner, I think this team can really turn a corner. I think if we see more of the same this week, it's going to be really hard to kind of dig yourself out of that hole mentally. So I think it's a really big week for the offense, regardless of what the outcome is. If the defense looks terrible all of a sudden, but we lose 49 to 42 or something like that. I mean, that honestly might be okay because, you know, the defense can do it. So it's a really big week weekend mentally, I think, also. 
Yeah, we're going to get into the preview before, and then I'll start getting the what it's going to take if I'm too depressed to get out of bed on Monday morning after all this. Um, <laughs> because that's why I, I catch up on it on Sunday. So if I'm having a hard time getting out of bed, it's because that offense was bad again. Hopefully, but, yeah. Hopefully you're getting up nice and early and in a good mood, that's for sure. Yeah, we, we definitely want to. Uh, you know, another thing he talked about too, Ben, during that was the O-line. Uh, he 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 had some comments about this is what you got. Yeah, and uh, from conversations I've had with people, um, what he said even in the press conference just up front, these are the five best guys we have um, up front. That's who we're going to rely on. Um, it hasn't been pretty the first two weeks. Pass protection was pretty good week one. Hopefully we can kind of get back to that. But I know a lot of people want to change some stuff, um, but it doesn't sound like offensive line is probably the best place um, because if these are your five best guys, you, you probably don't want to see what's behind them right now. Um, so I think it's maybe a change in play calling, maybe a change at quarterback at some point. Um, I think that's kind of the changes we have to look for, because if they're that confident that these are your five best guys, those are the five guys that need to be out there. Yeah, look, I want I want a quarterback. Uh, whichever one it is, I don't care who it is. I don't even care if they're not on the roster yet, but you want a quarterback that can throw that ball to the receiver each time accurately, right? Like that's the one job. I need you to throw the ball, get it to their chest, especially these short passes. You've got to be completing 80% of your short passes, if not more of those, Uh, which means also your receivers have to be concentrating, watching the ball come in, catch it with your hands. One of the biggest things that drives me nuts, Ben, when I go around these these practices or pregames is watching receivers let the ball get into their chest and hit their pads. That's the that's how the ball is going to fly out. you got to catch the ball with your hands. And why it drives me nuts is because if they're doing that in the practice, that's how they're doing in the game. Yep, it's just laziness. I mean, how you practice is how you play ultimately at the end of the day. And it really comes down, it's really important for receivers too. I mean, the way you catch the ball in practice is the way you're going to catch it in the game. I mean, because the game is a lot more difficult than practice usually. So if that's the way you're doing it there, you're going to do it in the game. Another sign, if you're fans who attend the game, because it is in Houston, so fill it up with some orange. Uh, Definitely orange out the red. It's a much better color than that Houston red. (laughs) But if you go to the game, get there early and watch. Watch the teams go through their warm-ups. That last hour before kickoff, watch them go through it. Which team has energy? Does any team have any energy, right? But if one team has energy and focus, you can feel it. The other team, if you see them lollygagging, not taking everything – Maybe not doing a stretch. Uh, seriously, I am dead serious. Every little thing. If you see one team doing it and one team not, you just go ahead and put that team down as a winner. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to the Go Cougs podcast, um, uh, also on the Republic of Football Network, but I, I've been listening to their stuff the past two weeks, and they talked about how U of H's game before Rice, that was the shortest pregame warm-up they'd ever seen a team do um and it was just kind of all of a sudden that it uh, they just weren't out there for very long and then we saw how they started the game down 28 nothing and then so that's one example on on kind of the bad end and then I was watching the LSU Mississippi State game um this uh this last weekend on Saturday and there was an 11 o'clock kick and LSU hardly ever plays at 11 o'clock and so 
Brian Kelly in the uh, walkthrough at the hotel was blaring music the entire time. And it was a half hour drive from the hotel to the stadium. And they stopped 15 minutes into the drive and got out at a car dealership and did stretches and went through plays. So the guys stayed awake on the drive to the game. So it's all about how you prepare before. And they went out and dominated Mississippi State. I think they won by 40 or something like that. So it's all about how you prepare beforehand. I mean, it is really important. Well, and knowing your team, like Brian Kelly knows he had to do that to get his team ready. I don't think like Casey Keeler, I don't think he would do that. I think he would go, okay, we're going to ride this 30 minutes. You're going to relax. But when you get off this bus, I want you focused, right? Like, and and Brian Kelly has a reason for doing that. Don't get me. If, if you're at LSU, these guys at LSU have been told how great they are their entire lives. You, you know, that's one of the things you fight at those programs like the LSUs and the Texases. It's the things you could take advantage of when you're at Sam Houston, right? It's that uh, nobody believed in me. They said I was too short. There, there's that chip on your shoulder. These players that go to those big schools don't have it. Brian Kelly is providing the, <laughs> the yeah. chip on the shoulder. And I, I do like I, I do like how he does it that way. Yeah, it was really interesting. I'd never seen it before. I mean, it, it is kind of humbling to have to uh, drive off into the parking lot of a big car dealership and you're out there stretching at like 7 a.m. in front of a car dealership. It's a little humbling. So, yeah, warmups will be interesting to kind of see what they look like with those both teams. I mean, Houston's coming off a pretty disappointing start to the season, disappointing week last week. See what kind of energy they have. Same Houston, obviously, coming off a get-better week, but two losses to start the year. What kind of energy do they have? So, I think we might be able to tell some from what the teams look like early on there in warmups, even. Oh yes, yes you will. You'll get a good sense of it during warmups. That's that is. Uh, if anyone wants to know a secret as to why I like to get the games an hour and a half to two hours early, it is so I can be on the field for the warmup and I get a sense of who's focused, who's not. I can, uh, you know, sometimes I don't have to be down there. I watch from afar. Sometimes you get a little better. You know, guys come out, you hear them, right? You can hear the energy, you feel it a little. You get up from afar, and then you get an overview. Okay, this guy's hat, but this guy over here, you know, for example, I was at a high school game uh, recently within the last few weeks, so that'll narrow it down for you. You can't pick who I'm talking about. Um, But uh, in the pregame, I pointed out to my nephew how the offensive line wasn't really trying to block anyone or trying to do their drills, and neither was the defensive line. They weren't trying to hit each other you know there was none of that and I I said that team is not going to be ready and you know they got down 24 to nothing it 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 really does matter it it, sometimes it's as easy as how you are in in the pregame it shows your focus yep yeah that was a fun little tangent so yes another thing to watch for if you get there early um that's for sure I love that tangent I could go off on those all the time uh another thing Keeler talked about we want to get back to listening from him because this press conference was pretty good he talked about the pace of the offense and how it has changed and why it has changed uh this clip is about 50 seconds long let's take a listen you also have to understand this too is that in that BYU game I took a lot of time off the clock uh we substituted in a way defensively that it chewed a lot of time every time they subbed and also offensively, we didn't play a lot of up-tempo. We kind of just kind of changed the tempo, but also, you know, took some time off the clock. When you're playing people that on probably are going to be better than you, you want to try to shorten down the game. So I think also the pro- a product of um, our 
inability to score offensively has been limited number of reps. I mean, I think we have under 100 plays so far offensively. Partly what I did in the BYU game in terms of substitution, but also partly what Air Force does in terms of what they do in terms of holding the ball on you. Um, so I think that's part of you know what our issue has been too. Okay, Ben, it's by design. You know, I I am a football coach, college dynasty. I think I told you before uh, the show, I am a football coach, college dynasty on Steam. I'm an expert at that in the off season. My teams do great, um, and it's because you got to understand when you're playing a team that's more talented than you, which is. Let's face it, Sam Houston doesn't have the talent of Houston BYU Air Force. That's why you're called transitioning. It takes time to build that talent up. So you need to try to take as much time off the clock, as much air out of the ball as possible, which I also think is why they tried to focus so much on the run game instead of the short passing game. I, I think that's part of where we're getting the mix up right now. Right, and I, I sent you a stat even last week that, that showed we were bottom 10 um, in pace of play in the entire country, and it was obviously by design, um, and he even brought it up just kind of uh, in the middle of the press conference. So, yeah, it's definitely by design. I think a lot of it is leaning on the run game, trying to keep your defense fresh because the offense hasn't been able to put together drives, so if you could squeak out a couple more seconds per play, um, anything helps. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see what they what they do this weekend, if they kind of still uh, rely on that really slow pace of play to keep the defense fresh, and maybe they still try to pound the run game, or do we try to speed it up and change things a little bit? So I don't know which way it's going to go, but it'll be interesting. Well, I've, I'm here to give more advice. Ben, I am on a roll today, man. I've got <laughs> advice. You need to go get hired as a coach at Sam Houston. <laughs> I've got I've got advice out the wazoo for everything I don't control, right? I don't I ain't the boss at home, that's for sure. Arm uh, armchair coaches, we love them. <laughs> I am an armchair coach. What but I having watched a lot of football, I one of the things I like to see uh, and one of the things in pace of play when we talk about that, what I think is maybe most effective, if you get a first down, you push that pace. You'll see a lot of teams doing that right now. You watch the NFL, college, first down, high school especially. They get a first down, they're back up on the line, they're ready to go for second down. What I don't see is a team that if they get good yardage on second down, they keep building that momentum and keep that pace up because – now you've got some positivity going. Sometimes they'll do one good play, get a first down, rush, get another good play, and then they'll go back to huddle. That slowed down the momentum. That kills the offense. So I want to see a pace by momentum factor, right? Like that's that's what I want to see out of it. And if if it's first down and they knock the pass away, okay, we're going to re-huddle. We're going to regroup. We're going to get back here, get something ready to go for second down. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's that's kind of been the way it's been a lot of the time. This first down, it hasn't looked very good. So you got to rehuddle. Second down doesn't look very good. Rehuddle, and I think that's part of also why it's been so slow. It's been by design, but it's also been um, just because kind of how the game progresses and how it plays out. So uh, I would love to see us kind of play with some pace by uh, how do you say it by uh, um, pace by momentum. Say? Pace by momentum. That's what I was looking for. I think that would be great. Um, and I think the, if you can play with some momentum when things are going well, it only adds to the positive energy. Uh, yeah. Even when we have done a couple good things offensively, the pace has still been really slow. 
things are going well. Let's try to push it a little bit. Um, My but, God, Ben, let's face it. If they get two or three first downs in a row consecutively right now, the defense is going to feel positive. Heck, the fans might give a standing ovation at this point. Because I think we've probably only had two, maybe three drives of multiple first downs. I mean, we had 80 yards in one game. I mean, that's at max eight first downs. And I don't even think it was that. It was probably four or five total the whole game, something, something around you- there. How do you ask fans to be positive when that's what you're providing them? You got to provide them some positivity. Yeah. And I think there's definitely positivity on defense, but as far as offense goes, yeah, you got to give them something. That's for sure. Give them a couple first and then watch it build. Watch that. You know, honestly, once this offense hits the end zone, I think from that point, it's only going to build now. Okay. We know we can, let's go do it. Yeah. and, And even last year, this is a fun fact for you last year, uh, first game against AM, zero points. This year against BYU, zero points. Last year against, I believe it was Northern Arizona, three points. This year against Northern Arizona or against uh, Air Force, three points. But last year in week three, we scored 27 and we got a win. Um, and we haven't started 0 and 3 since 1997. I'm just throwing out some random facts here, going on a little tangent. So uh, maybe we can stay on course from last year. Let's score 27 and come out with a win and uh keep 1997 in the past (laughs) boy i could throw out something right now that is just completely negative but i'm not gonna do it ben i refuse to bring that to bring any more negativity on this team it just just doesn't need it right now right like um and hopefully the cats can go out there and do that Oh, you know, another thing that's going to be important as well, Ben, is the CAD fund and how you guys support the athletes and what the athletes get from you guys. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, CAD fund, we're NIL collective supporting San Houston athletes um, at Sam Houston. Um, so, yeah, it's a great way to get involved, to be able to support these athletes, help these teams, help these teams out, help these players out, reward them for what they've done um, and the success they've had on the field over the couple of years they've been here um, or however long they've been here. So great way to support them. And then you also get stuff in return, like exclusive access to things and merchandise and apparel um, and some other cool exclusive things. So great way to get involved. That's for sure. Cat-fund.com or cat-fund.com. There we go. That's yes. that's the uh, official wording behind it. Yes. Cat-fund.com. Got to sound and educated. Do what? Got to sound educated. <laughs> Look, it, for me, it's effort. I, I don't sound <laughs> educated without effort. I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. It, it takes effort and focus for me to sound smart. Uh, you know who it doesn't take effort and focus to sound smart, but when they come to do your roof, Ben, they're going to give you effort and focus every time. Yeah, you're talking about eternal roofing? It's I always <laughs> eternal roofing, man. And when you go to eternal roofing, they got commercial and residential roofing and general contracting services. Uh, they can install, repair your roof, paint the interior, exterior, home or business, install gutters, garage doors. They can put floors in, any woodworking you need inside, any crown molding or shelf work. Repair your sheetrock. If you've got kids that, as we have known before, I like to put my hip through a little bit of sheetrock when I was younger. Uh, but also, Ben, more importantly, this is when we want to let everybody know that I looked at the calendar day and went, oh, crap, it's almost October, which means one thing that Eternal Roofing provides. Ooh, are we thinking Christmas lights? Are we getting there? Oh, it's Christmas lights, Ben. 
Yep, and they could probably even hang some Halloween decorations if you really needed it. I know some people go all out for that. That's only about a month away. That is true. Halloween lights, is that a thing? It It is somewhere. I, I, I know some people that go all out and hang some stuff and put stuff on roofs. I'm sure they could figure it out. <laughs> I, I, give Taylor a call. He could tell you if they do Halloween too, but I know that they do Christmas lights. <laughs> they don't if, do orthopedic surgery. They don't do orthopedic surgery though. No, if you need, if you do need any sort of, you can ask about Halloween lights. That's a great question. Contact them. Taylor at eternal roofing tx.com. That's Taylor at eternal roofing tx.com. If you're in the Montgomery area, 936-215-8539. And in the Hill Country, 830-251-5673. Ben, it's been all I can do so far in this podcast to not go ahead and start looking ahead to this portion. Because we've got the Cougars. And if you would have told me back September 1st, that come week four, Sam Houston, or week three for Sam Houston. It's week four for uh, for Houston. If you had have told me that they would have a chance coming into this week to beat the University of Houston on the road, I would have laughed. I'm not laughing, Ben. The Cats actually have a chance to knock off a big 12 team. They do, and they went toe-to-toe with another Big 12 team that's looked really good so far in BYU, and now you're facing a Big 12 team that might be the worst team in the conference at this point. I mean, it's a team that barely barely got out of Houston with the win against UTSA, a UTSA team that's been pretty hobbled um, without their quarterback for a lot of the year, without some of their weapons. That was a really close win. They didn't look very good. You lose at Rice, I think, for the first time in 11 years and give up 43 points. I believe it was. And then last week, just not even really competitive with TCU. And TCU is a good team, but you would expect to at least be competitive at home. And so you have that. And I think all the stars really align this week when it comes to Sam Houston. I mean, Houston is kind of reeling. Sam Houston's coming off that get better week. Houston hasn't had a bye. Houston might be looking ahead to Texas Tech next week. I mean, I know that's a big game. So all the stars might be aligning. So it's going to be interesting. Yes, it it will definitely be interesting. And, okay, wow, a lot to unpack out of all the good stuff you just said. (laughs) But let's start with looking at BYU. 14-0 over Sam Houston, 41-16 over former, over FCS Southern Utah, okay. 38-31 over Arkansas. Let's look at Air Force. What has Air Force done so Right, Air Force. We know that they beat they beat Sam Houston, right? They beat Robert Morris. They beat Utah State thirty nine to twenty one. Did you did you catch any of that game? Because it was nowhere near that close. I don't know if you called. It was twenty nine to nothing about one minute into the second quarter. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a beatdown. That's for sure. It was twenty nine nothing about a minute into the second quarter. If they probably could have won seventy to nothing if they wanted to. That it, I did not watch that game. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching UIW Abilene Christian Saturday night. It was a heck of a football game. Yeah, that itself. was a good one. Uh, but uh, yeah, that um, you know, I what I want to say is Sam Houston has played two good teams, 
and I'm not here. I, I'm not sitting here trying to carry Keeler's water right now. Okay. I've done that at other times. I'm not carrying his water. I'm telling you the truth. This dude, they've played good teams. BYU, that's a good team. Air Force, that's a good team. If this offense, though, Ben, cannot put up at least two touchdowns against the Cougars, I've got real questions. I, I agree, and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. I think the defense is going to be okay. This is a U of H offense that ranks 91st in yards per game, so they're not really setting the world on fire. But it is a defense that is 124th in yards allowed, and they gave up 43 to Rice. Uh, so it's a, a defense that really hasn't proven themselves, didn't really look great against uh, TCU last week either. So um, definitely I would say the weakest defense we've faced so far in uh, I think we got to see some progress from the offense and at least a couple scoring drives if we do want to have a chance, even with how good the defense is. Yes, I, I would agree. I'm also going to give a little warning here. I'm going to get full truth on this. Houston Cougars are supremely more talented than Sam Houston. The talent level in this game will not be – it will be semi-close, but let's just – Let's say what it is. Big 12 roster, they've got more talent than Sam Houston. They've been FBS longer. You are still transitioning. I say that to temper it a little bit because there is always that possibility that this was a gut check week for Houston. And if if Dana Holgerson used it as a gut check week, then Sam Houston will have a dogfight. Right. If he didn't, if that gut check, if he hasn't reached the point of gut check week yet, which if he hadn't, I wonder what the heck he's watching, <laughs> then, yeah, Sam Houston has a good chance of, honestly, they could even run away with it a little bit. Right, yeah, and like you said, the U of H has more talent, but Dana Holgerson in his tenure there, five, six years, whatever he's in now, um, has shown that even with that talent, they have never really performed up to the expectation that that talent should have or does have. So, uh, yeah, we'll see kind of what it looks like. I, I like our coaching staff. Um, obviously, they have some more talent, but they've got Texas Tech next week. And if they're looking ahead to that, if uh, they're like trying to just dust off TCU and get back into Big 12 play and think they can kind of just run by Sam Houston, um, I think it'll be a rude awakening. So we'll see what kind of team they come in with this weekend. Yes, and I also think it's important to say that Keeler noted in his press conference that they had spent a couple of days starting to work on Jacksonville State prep as well, simply because, like he said, Saturday night they get home at midnight Saturday night and they're playing again on Thursday. Right, yeah. So uh, I would say it was probably 75% Houston, 25% Jacksonville State, which I don't really have a problem with. I mean, with that quick of a turnaround – and you've got the week off, I don't see a problem with it. So I think the bye week could be a really big help, uh, especially on the offensive side, to figure some things out, see what Houston does. And um, bye weeks are huge, especially when you're trying to really figure things out and see where you want to go offensively. And uh, we'll see we'll see what kind of team we come out with on Saturday. It's a get-better week, Ben. It was. And I hope every day <laughs> the Cats have to tell themselves, today I get better. Right. Just that's how you do it. Every day you wake up, Ben, say today I get better. Instead of today's bye week, day yes. one. 
Or, <laughs> hey, look, I'm serious, man. I wake up, okay, today I'm going to get better instead of, oh, my gosh, today I've got to write this. <laughs> you know, it does. <laughs> it, it it works in everything. It's, that's how sports are life lessons. Man, this podcast is going deep today. It is. I mean, we're good at this, aren't we? <laughs> I don't know. We're, what, 10 episodes in? We, can you believe they let us talk for 10 episodes? We'll see how long Tepper and the crew lets us go. Well, Craven. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. If Tepper, Craven, and the crew, if they ever need any sort of roofing or general contracting, I know who I'm going to tell them to call. I'm right. going to tell them to call our guys over there at Eternal Roofing. They offer free detailed roof inspections, fast and professional service. It's no high-pressure sales pitch, exceptional workmanship warranties, and you always get the best product. They use certainty shingles. They are known for their superior weather resistance, exceptional longevity, and stunning aesthetic appeal. They are specialists also. One last thing, you got to know this. They're specialists in commercial roofing. They have the ability at Eternal Roofing to accommodate your HVAC system, any other roof equipment, minimize disruption while they're installing or repairing your roof. You definitely want to give them a call or an email. The email address is taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. If you're in the Montgomery area, call area code 936-215-8539. And in the Hill Country, give Taylor and the in the crew at Eternal Roofing a call at 830-251-5673. Ben, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about getting better. We've talked about the Cougars. It's time for us to come into these predictions and where we're going to talk about what we think happens with the spread and the total. The spread this week, I'm a little surprised. Vegas has Houston favored by 12 and a half. It opened at 14 also, which is even crazier. <laughs> that is purely based, I'm telling you right now, on talent alone. And the name, the-, the name on the jersey. The, well, yes, in, in the talent, because they, you know, Sam yeah. Houston is transition. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's strictly based on the name and talent right there. 12 and a half. The over under 38. They, that's, and the reason why I find this so surprising, Ben, I love to do this when I, when I get these things. What is Vegas kind of saying the rough, the rough score is going to be? 25 to 13. You think Houston's going to put up 25 on the cats? That would be incredible in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't see, I don't see that on, on, on the defensive side for us. And they only give Sam Houston 13. And honestly, if we score 13, I think we've got a shot to possibly win this thing. I'll give my score prediction in a second, but um, one thing I'll hit on from a defense perspective is U of H through the first couple of games has been uh, pretty pass heavy. I mean, 100, 111 pass attempts through three games, um, and they've only run the ball at 3.2 yards per carry. And so the uh, the secondary hasn't been tested a ton this year. I think that's kind of what the defense is going to depend on this week. We know the front seven is good. How is the, 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 the back end and the DBs? How are they going to hold up? Because if they do, I think it's going to be a really, really tough day for U of H, and there's no way they get 25. Well, and another big thing is uh, there's a really good defensive player coming back this week. 
Yeah, we, we didn't hit on that in the first segment, but Markel Perry is on track to be back. And um, it sounds like Jordan Morris, he's another one. He's a DB, um, maybe one of your top two cover corners. I'm thinking he's going to be back too from what I've heard. So uh, two really big pieces of the defense that didn't play last week. Defense still, or two weeks ago, and the defense still played really well. And you get them back, I, I mean, it only adds to the talent level that's there. Yes, and last week, you know, two weeks ago, Air Force, it's a completely different offense, and you're going to see from Houston. Houston's going to throw the ball. They're going to – Houston's going to run the offense that we that we were talking to look for out of Sam Houston. Right. I mean, uh, what, is that, what is that, almost 40 pass attempts per game, 37, 38, something like that. And, um, yeah, they're going to – it's really two complete polar opposites. You go from the, the heaviest ground-and-pound team in the country to a team that's almost throwing it 40 times a game. So it's a big adjustment, but – um, we've, we had two weeks to prepare for it. I think we'll be ready. All right, Ben. We've, we've given what it is. It's time to give our predictions. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Ooh, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go okay. first. Um, so I, Sam Houston is definitely covering um, the 12 and a half. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we win this game. I'm going to say we win it 14 to 13. Um, last second drive for a touchdown. I think we find a way to pull it out. Win at 14 13, uh, point total of 27. I think even if we do lose, that total is going to be under, hammer the under. Um, but that, that's what I'm looking at this week. That is interesting. That is, that is extremely interesting. And you have no idea what I'm thinking, do you? I have no, either the exact same or something polar opposite. Do I even have any idea what I'm thinking right now? That's another question we should ask. <laughs> Predictions <laughs> on the fly. That's right. Look, I don't think I don't think Houston's hit rock bottom yet. That's the question. Did was TCU rock bottom for Houston, or is Sam Houston going to be rock bottom for Houston? I don't think you could call TCU rock bottom. I mean, they were a, a college football playoff. Uh, runner up I think they're on the downward trajectory I don't think that's rock bottom but a Sam Houston loss might be <laughs> Houston hasn't hit a rock bottom which means they haven't had a need for that gut check week yet Oof. I think that gut check week is coming because I've got the cats 20 to 17 all right I I'm keeping it at the under but I'm not as comfortable at, with the under as you are be, for a couple of reasons uh, number one, I think if Sam Houston does get that offense going, that there there could be that momentum could build quickly. And also, I do have some concerns with the back end of the defense. Houston's got some playmakers. If if they're able to break a couple of them loose, that number could get over thirty eight pretty quick. Right. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking about. Uh, I mean, the Rice game they put up a lot of points, but UTSA. I think they only put up 17 and then they didn't score an offensive touchdown against TCU last week. And we know we're not setting the world on fire offensively. So um, I think the number I, I really like, honestly, Sam Houston to cover and I like the under. Um, those are the two I really like this week. But I would love for our offense to get it going, put up 20, 30 points and push the over. That would be a miracle. I would I'd be singing praises. I mean, I'd be super happy if that happened. I hope it does happen. You know. Uh, ben, last week I know uh, I my my big time gambling days are have definitely been behind me. Uh, but last week there was a number I couldn't pass up, man. 
What was that? Wyoming plus 31. Oh, that was that was a lock. Let me tell you, I went into my little minuscule account that has very, very little amount of money. And I took every bit of it and I put it all on Wyoming to cover. <laughs> and I nearly you, doubled my money. <laughs> you, you, you were you were probably thinking in the third quarter, man, I should have put this on the money line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, a, a hesitant thought before the game. And then I went, no, don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was what, 10 to 7 halfway through the third? I was telling someone today that was one of the games where it's just like, they'll, they'll win by 30 or 40. And then halfway through the third, you're like, oh crap, well, I got to turn this one on. This is getting interesting. So. But, but Ben, I, I know this is not the Longhorns podcast by any means, but, you know, uh, Wyoming did play Texas Tech pretty they close. Beat they beat them up there, right? Like, they, I, I don't think Wyoming's that bad. That's why I was willing to do that. Yeah, they've always been. The, the fighting Josh Allens have always been half decent, at least. I mean, a bold, a bold team kind of team. Well, we're going to be some fighting cats this weekend, regardless of who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter. They're going to Houston. They're coming back with a victory and some some big-time momentum heading into Jacksonville State, man. Absolutely. This is just the start of a good run. Let's do it. That's right. Hey, thank you to all of you listening and watching. Without you, none of this is possible Ben, thank you as well, and until next time. Eat them up, cats, and let's paint the city of Houston orange this weekend.